0: Welcome to Art of Retreat 2019, the parkour leadership and education retreat. We're in the Cascade Mountains outside of Seattle, Washington. I'm Craig Constantine from Movers Mindset, and I'm here with Kyle Koch. Hey, Craig, thanks for having me today. My pleasure. Kyle Koch is a former IT software technician who has spent nearly a decade facilitating transformative experiences in nature. Kyle's practice includes strength training, martial arts, meditation, breath work, and functional neurology concepts in addition to parkour, Kyle is passionate about nature and helping people to reconnect, explore, and play in it. Welcome, Kyle. Yeah, stoked to be here. Kyle, I understand the title of your talk was Nature, Health, and Movement. And can you give me a description of what you covered, the brief, like, paint a picture?
1: Yeah, we explored uh, some common concepts of why nature is good for you, right? I think we all know that, that being outside has inherent benefits, But really, what are those benefits and how can we incorporate them into our daily life, whether we live in a major metropolitan city or with access to wilderness? Mm
0: -hmm. And um, I'm going to bet that it wasn't entirely just sitting in lecture. So uh, did you take people outside or did you make it?
1: Yeah, the lecture was
0: outside and I would introduce a concept and then we would go and explore that. Mm. And was there something about, um, did the students surprise you in any way? Or like when you've done this in the past, have there been common themes that have come up?
1: Yeah, I think I'm always in my head. I think everybody already knows what I know. And I'm like, (laughs) why am I presenting this information to people? (laughs) Like everybody already knows it. Um, But I'm always surprised at at what people don't know and also how simple it is Mm -hmm. um, to find connection um, out there.
0: And what are some of the specific things, and we want to make people come and see you, but what are some specific things that you think startle people or that you really think this is bedrock, but yet you find people aren't aware of?
1: Yeah, one of the things is really inspiring me right now is our eyesight. And the, the simple fact of just seeing the color green or having access to a window can actually lower your heart rate and put you into a parasympathetic mm-hmm. state, right? And... W- Our eyesight, let's say our max range, if we agree on our max range of our eyesight is about one mile. That means when we're indoors, we're only using 0.04% of our (laughs) eyesight. And if you think of it, your eye is a muscle, right? The ciliary muscle that surrounds your eye contracts. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so when you're indoors or looking at your phone or screen, your muscles are chronically contracted and you're overdeveloping your eye muscles. And so you can't actually relax them to see far. Mm. So the biggest factor in limiting myopia or nearsightedness is actually just looking outside.
0: Go look further. Yeah. Is there a particular part of your, um, do you do these, where else do you do these courses? So,
1: yeah, so I'm kind of, in some ways, I'm new to this adventure on my own. I've been working with the Wilderness Awareness School for the past six years. Um, and I've been in my own practice for about the past eight years. Mm-hmm. And so now I've I've recently ventured out on my own and doing talks and facilitating workshops and things like that, incorporating these, what I call the core routines of nature connection.
0: What what drew you to that? Like, I mean, I, I don't want to harp on like IT consultant, but there's a long distance like physically and conceptually from working indoors because that's, that's my primary field is tapping away on keyboards. And what? Pulled you actually out of the space, like a lot of people who are i t who don't actually get pulled out into the wilderness,
1: yeah, what really pulled me out, um, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, watching survival shows, man mm-hmm. versus wild, <laughs> dual survival, all the things. I was so stoked. And uh, I eventually had an opportunity to attend my own three day survival course. Ooh. And during that workshop, a lot of these concepts were introduced to me. And the thing that really transformed my life is I made my first friction fire. So I got sticks, I carved them up, I rubbed them together, and boom, I became a dragon. Mm. And I blew the tinder bundle in the flames and I was forever transformed and became aware of my greater potential. Mm. And from that moment, I just started diving in.
0: What was the, okay, so how did you get drawn into that three-day course? Like what was the first tickle of an idea you know,
1: I, I think I was just
0: googling
1: at work, right? I'm on the computer all day in between clients, and I something popped up on my computer, and I actually paid for my friend to go with me, because I wanted my friend to go with or somebody to go with me, and I paid for my friend to go, and we went to this thing, and we, you know, we were kind of the odd people out. We're like, I have no idea what this is. We're very much city party going college kids. Um,
0: and we're going to see what happens. We're going to try it. That's, I think that's the right spirit. That's the way to go at pretty much everything. Uh, I think that's cool. Kyle, one of the things we're doing with these Spark Talks is trying to literally spark people who are listening, people who missed the event to go do something or change the way they're thinking or ask a question of themselves. So is there an open-ended question or a challenge that you have to share with people? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is to
1: just go outside, right? If you live in Seattle, it rains and that that might be just a barrier. And whether you live in the city or not, I think going outside for 15 minutes without your phone and just
0: paying attention. Is there anything that you'd want to share with people that you think would help them understand your journey or what it is about movement that should be so important to them? What
1: I've really been exploring on my journey is our deeper potential. Mm-hmm. And that through movement, through nature, it, it always asks more of us. It asks us to show up. It asks us to do things that we didn't know we could do. It asks us to push through the fear. So I believe in becoming the more heroic version of yourself, um, movement and nature are key.
0: How did you find out about the Art of Retreat event? Like a lot of people that I talk to, it's usually afterwards and they go, oh, that's really interesting. But then I don't see them the next year. And I'm just wondering what brought you here to this particular event? Was there something about, I mean, oh, I'm going to guess the venue because you really need to come and see that I'm, I'm from the East coast and we have some <laughs> forests, but we don't have a forest like this. Um, so I'm guessing that probably hooked you, but what is it that first drew your attention to this event and made you want to commit to coming out here?
1: Yeah. What really drew me to this event was the community aspect. Um and all the all the teachers and leaders and and gym and facilitators all the coaches. I've been in the car- parkour community for almost six years, and I don't know anybody. Hmm. I'm kind of a hermit in of my <laughs> own do now, practice. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. and uh, I actually ran into Caitlin. Caitlin. Um, Caitlin trains at the Seattle Bouldering Project, where I teach classes, and she we started chatting and. You know, she asked me if I wanted to do a talk. Here's and- the form. Fill out the application to present. Yeah. I'm really
0: glad that you showed up. I think I've, I've heard really good things. I think it's going to be, I'm suspecting you're going to be back next year, especially if you're local, it's going to be like the new, the new annual thing. Um, I think that most people would be drawn by the idea of going out. Like, like that's so primal, I believe. But how do we get them to like actually step out the door? Like what's the catalyst that we plant in people? How do we challenge them to think differently? Yeah, for me,
1: it's been the stories that are happening outside of the walls. Mm. So I live in Seattle and I have raccoons and foxes and mice and rats and predatory birds and songbirds that are living out really wild and amazing stories in my backyard. And I think finding a spot, you know, we call it sit spot. So step one, go outside. Step two, remain. (laughs) Sit. (laughs) And just sit there for 15 minutes and allow yourself to just tune into your senses and just notice what's happening. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to think about anything. You don't have to breathe in a certain way. You're not meditating you're literally just paying attention. Your attention is your most valuable asset, and I believe we need to bring that into the world that we live in, and not just the screens um, that we work on.
0: Kyle, I really think that's really insightful, and I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a programmer too, so I'm a big fan of like the zeroth step is go outside, and then the first step is just be in the space and sit down. I think that's a really insightful way to encourage people to like take action without making them have to face a big hurdle. And I'm, I'm wondering. So now they've gone outside and they've sat for 5 10 15 minutes and I'm wondering if you can share a story of somebody who's been through this process. Yeah, so I think
1: the interesting thing to me of, of going through this process really expands your awareness. Where there's so much information in the world that and we're always filtering for relevant. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when nature is not relevant to us, we don't see it. And I had this amazing experience where i was going to my sit spot i was sitting in the woods every day for 15 to 45 minutes and all i saw were squirrels and birds and i was frustrated because my teacher was like you know you've reached the nirvana level when you see the fox Mm. and i'm like where's the fox (laughs) and i flew home to wisconsin and i was actually at the bar in milwaukee wisconsin downtown and on the way home from the bar I saw the red fox in the middle of a little triangle intersection in the middle of the city. I had my friend pull over and I got out of the car and I'm like, I've got to go like sit with this fox." Fox. And I was so amazed in that moment that I've been spending all this time in in deep wilderness and actually where I see the most wild animals are in the city.
0: Hmm. And that was the moment where
1: it's like, oh, nature is not separate.
0: Yeah, we didn't actually push it out of the city. It just re- transformed itself. Like, oh, this environment is like this.
1: Yeah, like there are coyotes cruising around downtown LA. There's a cougar in one of the major parks in yeah. LA. Like nature hasn't gone away. It, it has adapted. Yeah. Um, and we just be- have become less aware of it because it's not as relevant to us as it used to be.
0: Kyle, is there anything else that you want to share or other pieces of your practice that you want to unpack for us?
1: Yeah, one thing I want to touch on is just the importance of movement and in all of the ways that we move, everything we do is movement from our heart pumping to our feet walking. And when we move in nature, it forces us to move in dynamic and complex ways that are actually extremely adaptive and beneficial for our health. And so I think with parkour, you have all these incredible athletes and movers and we're still moving on safe spaces and though we are adapting to those spaces and movements i still think we are missing something by not climbing trees by not jumping on rocks um, but not sliding in the mud
0: and, and like what is that is it a is it tactile input is it sensory is it variability is it unpredictability
1: yeah it's all those things right it's the anti-fragile approach <laughs> right um, there's a really great book by Nassim, Nassim. Taleb, and "Antifragile." Of like, by doing these things in nature, the stressors are actually making you better, better. at everything. Right. right, your ability, you know, to walk and navigate uneven terrain. I worked with um, at-risk youth in in wilderness therapy, and these kids have never left the concrete. And then you put them in the woods, and they're stumbling and tripping and mm. falling all over the place because. They don't have the proprioception. They don't have the awareness to be able to navigate.
0: And three D, like the yeah. micro the micro three D of twigs and sticks and branches and
1: Yeah, and it's right. It's your microbiome, right. your, your foot, musculature, it's your, your um, s- minimal shoes, yes. Um, right. I, it's like nature, we are selling nature back to people. Right. With minimalist shoes, mm-hmm. saunas, yeah. you know, manual therapy. Yeah,
0: bring this into your existing environment as opposed to just, you know, just go out. The environment is we I flew out here uh in the daylight and sometimes I just stare out the window as like if there's no clouds, it's like the the, the universe just slides by and it's just I'm like, Oh, look at those beautiful rocks down there that I can't touch. Or like you see you <laughs> see like, you know, a- oasis of green where they're where they're irrigating and all these different things and and I'm drawn to it, and i I think most people are, but I think that, but then when I look around the airplane, nobody else' is looking out the window. and I don't know if that's like they can't all be jaded air travelers. I just think people are just used to um I love the way you put that 0.04 percent of like you know from here to five feet is like a small, tiny amount of the universe, and that's before you even look up like that's a whole nother space,
1: yeah, this one lady, um she's a researcher at the University of Chicago. And she, one of her practices is walking around her neighborhood, looking up, Mm. looking up at the canopy. Mm. And I think the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles that we're going to realize in this journey is that you're going to be the weirdo, you're going to (laughs) look weird, Weird. like when I'm at the park and I'm barefoot and I'm climbing trees, all the kids recognize me and all the parents talk about me. Right. Right. There is that deep draw that you're talking about something I'm doing is engaging people in a way that makes them curious
0: right yeah it's the word primal gets overused and gets used in a lot of other contexts but it's the the that in that thing is primal there's something about i think a lot of people are drawn to scaffolding indoors because it's the primal desire to grab the tree branches in your upper peripheral upper peripheral vision um and i started like moving on scath and i was like whoa shoulder range i've clearly not been in this 3d space for 30 years like so that's something i enjoy doing and as soon as you soon as you grab something overhead it's like the closed chain that that creates is the monkey brain knows oh yes i'm safe i now have an arm you know yeah and i I love that feeling but i wonder how many people are used to that
1: right like um nature is so impactful that literally just smelling the smell of pine trees Mm. will lower your heart rate and i think again it's like i can look at a nature screensaver and i can spray <laughs> pine mist in the air and i can have rocks in my house that i walk barefoot on you know and i have plants in my house and you know i have waves of the beach in the background yeah the audio and those things are beneficial but it's like eating supplements versus eating whole, foods, eating whole food right and and again even if you're in a city simply the act of going outside and spending that time 15 minutes or more a day Is going to have dramatic impacts on your long-term health, Mm. right? I think that's the piece we're missing is we don't realize, right? Like the thing you do every day for ten years—that's the yes—is shaping your body, is shaping your mind, your thoughts, the way you interact with the world.
0: Mm. Yeah, function follows form in biology. Yes, Kyle. I'm I'm just thinking we haven't talked about smell, and I um. There's a great word which escapes me at the moment for like uh, petrichor, the smell of wet earth, and there are all these things that we have, I believe, basically as a species, the domesticated version of Homo sapiens, we've kind of forgotten about our sense of smell, and I'm wondering, um, do you find that people are really surprised by that? Like, what's your take on people's? Uh, I'm going to say like smell discovery, but like, do they find that that's a sense that they really have stopped using? Yeah, I think smell is really impactful. Um,
1: smell really so when you smell something, it can invoke an emotion or a memory, whether that's positive or negative, right? Like the smell of a barbecue in the distance, you know. <laughs> you
0: read my mind. I was thinking <laughs> about barbecue, but also the smell of the ocean or the smell of even the smell of uh wet uh wet earth after it rains. It's actually raining at the moment, and I'm watching it rain, and the sun came out, and and I actually was sitting here thinking I can't smell the outside because we're in a closed room, and it's an interesting idea
1: yeah and you know fire is one of those smells that always perks people's nose right um i often go to these convention centers where i'm presenting about nature and i do bow drill demos right Mm -hmm. i take my friction fire kit and i start to make smoke i start to make a tiny coal and i notice every time that i do that that the smell Kind of ripples throughout the convention center in a way that makes people curious. It's not the, oh no, there's a fire happening. It's like, what is that? It's this deep mm. remembering that draws people in. It's very magnetic um, and it's unlike any other smell um, that I've experienced. Mm.
0: Kyle, if people want to learn more or they want to get a hold of you in particular, how can they do that? Yeah, currently the easiest way to get a hold of me is
1: social media, specifically Instagram. My handle is at Trotting Sparrow. And I think what I'm really interested in is other people's perspectives. We all see the world very differently. Different things stand out to us. We all notice different things. And I'm really curious to hear about your experience. What are you noticing? What challenges are coming up for you or what barriers are preventing you? from having access to nature? What barriers are preventing you from taking your shoes off and going outside? Is it the cold? Is it the wet? Or is it people's perceptions of what you're doing is not normal? And yeah, the encouragement is to to challenge that and to try these things and just see what happens. And it both has an immediate effect But just like anything, we get the most benefit when we do things over the long term. And so my challenge for you is to go outside once a week, different time of the day. One of the things I like to do is to walk around my neighborhood and notice where my attention goes and what I'm curious about. And I think the best thing we can do is follow our curiosity.
0: Thank you very much, Kyle. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thanks, Craig. This was one of 23 interviews from the 2019 North American Art of Retreat. To hear the rest, check out Art of Retreat on castbox.fm. You can find out more about the Art of Retreat at artofretreat.com. Thank you for listening.